Hey guys, Bill here. Thanks for checking out another episode of Woke and Baked. Today was a real blessing, a real treat to record. You can't really tell because it was recorded on my phone in the break room of the Red Run Cannabis Company, which in itself was a blessing. But this episode is special. When you take away whatever shitty audio effects are going on, I can tell you that today is very special for me because it was kind of like the dream interview. I got into podcasting, I started podcasting, and really I started interviewing to talk to guys like Mark Tyler and Curtis Hembroff. And I got into it to talk to guys like them specifically. And so to be able to sit down in the same room with those two guys was just an absolute treat. If you're not familiar with Curtis Hembroff, Curtis Hembroff is a graduate of Kenai High School. He, more than that, and not just that, really, is a 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He is the head coach at 10th Planet Austin at the Onnit Academy in Austin, Texas. You can look at them up online at onnit.com. Really interesting company with a very interesting story and a very interesting mission goal of human optimization. Curtis is a really good representation of that. He is a coach and has trained with many folks, with many high-level professional athletes, many UFC athletes, many high-level competitive jiu-jitsu athletes. And he's just an all-around really cool guy, a very interesting human being, and I think that that comes through, again, regardless of whatever shitty audio there is in this interview, I think that all of the the very wonderful qualities in Curtis kind of shine through. And so I want to say thank you, Curtis, uh, for his time. It was really just very cool to sit down. And thank you, Mark Tyler, but also thank you, Miss Priscilla. You can find her on Instagram at NoGiPris. She is the brand new fiance of Mr. Curtis Hembroff. So congratulations to those two. She's a very cool individual with a, a very cool background herself. And uh, that also comes through in the interview. So congrats to the happy couple. And thank you to Mark Tyler and Red Run Cannabis Company. So I hope that you enjoy it, regardless of, uh, of this shitty audio. But I would also, I do, I have to say this real quick shout out to our sponsor, Iron Asylum on KB Road. You can find them on Facebook. You can also find them on Instagram. It is, uh, it really is the the premier powerlifting gym on the peninsula. I say that having only gone to that powerlifting gym. So as far as I'm concerned, it's the best of all time. It really is the only powerlifting gym I think I've ever gone to. All right. So now you go. Uh, Trap Lord Circuit, thank you for doing what you can do with the shitty audio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Woken Baked. All right, and uh, we are recording. All right, uh, I'm joined today by Curtis Hembroth. Uh, Curtis Hembroth. Of Tenth uh, Planet Brazilian Jiu Jitsu on at Academy. Good good afternoon. Good day, sir. <laughs> What's up? It's Ten P J J J. God damn it! J J J. J J. We yeah. dropped the Brazilian. No, it's just Jiu Jitsu. Just got. Yeah. Hi, I'm Priscilla. Priscilla. <laughs> oh, um, we're not too. We're not too worried about the Brazilian. Yeah. No. Um, it's good to be here, man. Good to be here, Bill. 
we've been recording for a little while, and we talked about a lot of things already, but um, let's just start off with uh, Priscilla and I just got engaged. Oh, yeah. And I'm super stoked <laughs> to be here. That's my biggest announcement today. Well, con- congratulations. Uh, that's really cool. So before anyone goes any further, I just want to say how much I love Priscilla, oh. and I look forward to our beautiful marriage together. I'm so excited. Thank you for um, sharing that um, <laughs> I asked Priscilla to marry me in front of uh, my family at dinner, and it was probably the most awkward talking experience I've had in a long time. Normally, I feel like I can just like say whatever I want, whatever I want, but man, it was um, overwhelmingly emotional, and I will never forget it. It was emotional for me too. I mean, I I'm glad you kept it short because I'm glad you. <laughs> I, I'm glad there wasn't any expectation for me to give a big because I would have broken down and just. I'm she just, was in tears already. I'm already in tears, but now did you have any idea that it was coming? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, I had some premonitions, I don't know, but I I knew that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with Curtis, and I we kind of, like, made that decision together, I feel like, a while back, but it was nice to kind of, like, confirm it, confirm it well, like, in front of the family. And Like, at what point did you know, you know, I, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person, like, this is my person? I don't know. It's hard to say. Know. It's hard to say. It's not not one point, but definitely um, thought about it a lot. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a decision that was made without a lot of contemplation or processing. Probably one of the most biggest decisions I've made in a long time, and it, among a ton of other big events in my life, this has been the most important one to me. Well, what other events would you stack up with that? I mean, just the creation of Ten Planet, um, the creation of that, that was a no brainer. You know what I'm saying? So, so those are decisions that, like, I think were, were already have been made. I think, um, Ten Planet San Antonio, um, the creation of on invitationals and so forth. It's been a lot of big developments in my life, but this one's been this one's super special to me. It's, um, it means it means a different type of future for me, a different path in life. It means family, fatherhood. Uh, husbandry, all kinds of different... It's definitely already changed my perspective in a weird way. Do you think that teaching kids' classes and teaching classes is something that has gotten you oh, ready yeah, for I've parenthood? Always, um, even, even when I was a little kid, thought about what fatherhood would be like. I'd always reflected on uh, you know, not only other people's parents, my own parents, um, you know, and potential father figures, you know what I'm saying, how I would be as a father, that's kind of a uh, one of the things that have kept me in check like how would I behave in this situation you know, I don't, don't have kids but because I work with so many kids and I come across a lot of parents I find myself um, counseling parents a lot not even being a parent but, but having coached a ton of kids so I've seen parenting styles that work and parenting styles that don't work um, not just from like the brief interaction you know, at class, but because I get to know the parents and I spend time at parents' houses, at kids' birthday parties, so I like, you know, I see good parents and I see kids who are successful, so um, I always consider how, like, how do I want to be as a father and how do I want to be as a parent? And right away, that kind of, how do I want to be as a husband? All those things have a huge, um, 
huge level of importance in my life. And and having a commitment to someone, uh, Priscilla in specific, um, really makes that front and center in my life now. Now it's not just about me. It's about me and my family. Okay. Was there a, a specific moment when you know you saw her, when you were talking to her, or, I don't know, when you were interacting with her, and you're like, "Yep, that's that's the one." Like that, like that sold it, or was that just a culmination of, of just a bunch of things every, in a blender that comes out? Every day, it it's, becomes more of a solidifying um, thing. Every every yeah, I mean, it's a culmination and continuing to culminate. So, but hey. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That was, yeah. What's your podcast? Yeah, about? yeah. Relationships? <laughs> no, no, Love not at all. But that's 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 no, it's really Priscilla's cool. Priscilla's awesome, and we have a lot of fun, and we're just happy to um, make it official. And boom, moving on. Okay, we'll no, do, hey, we'll do, yeah, it's the foundation for everything else. I mean, relationships yeah. are the foundation for everything. You know else. And, yeah, and while we're at it, let's just make it a conspiracy. You know, I think that there's a, um, it's really hip and cool and, you know, to not be in a relationship and not, and, and the idea of being single and a lone wolf and that's a, an image that can be pushed on men and kind of help destroy the family in a sense. Like, I feel like, um, there's a lot of guys that are married that feel like they're missing out on life and, um, you know, that, that kind of idea I think can help. If we perpetuate it, it can help reduce populations. It can bring down family structures and um, prevent good parenting. You know what I'm saying? So if you are a dad, I would embrace. And I don't. I'm speaking entirely from no experience. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a dad, but um, whatever role you're in, I think you should you should take full responsibility for it. Well, I've got yeah. five kids. Do I live with five little people? So like everything that you said was like was like you know. You know, nail meat hammer. It even goes. Uh, I think even a step further than that. And it's so funny because this is again everything's all entangled and and, and wrapped into to, to itself. Is in my opinion too. It's exactly what you, what you what you're talking about, um, and what I see with uh, um, R.J. Marcus, uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Just what you're saying there, um, will even myself and what I'm seeing and what's so imperative for this planet in America is to reinvent the male paradigm because we have been conditioned and installed with this male dominator, ego-based, bullshit male narrative that has been instilled in us and we have to recreate it and we're in the process right now of basically transmuting this bullshit idea of what male man is into what a real, actual man is and nothing to me is more important on this planet than than men, strong men, to come out and, and talk like that and to build relationships with uh, the people in their lives and to then have mindful relationships. Um, and again, that's the whole point. Is The whole point is to have actualized people together to teach little guys coming in to actualize and realize them. Um, you know, So we've gotten so far off track with um, this consumerism and this perpetual preparation consumer state uh, and ego state that uh, we've lost sight of uh, the basics which is um, you know uh, it's, it's, it's basically uh, spiritual alchemy it's uh, getting down to the basics of building a foundation of uh, you know what's important <clears throat> subversion of, the subversion of the modern man um, yeah I think if you go deep into conspiracy it's uh, destroying the alpha male and the divine female 
um, creating like a, a muddled sexuality of people. But that's a really difficult one to commentate on too much before you start upsetting everybody. But the reality is, whatever role you're in, whether it's male, female, or anything else, um, take full responsibility for your actions, and uh, there will be a better place. <clears throat> I'm a firm believer that happy people don't shoot up movie theaters. It's just kind of like the mantra that I live by. Like, if you generally people just don't like being fucked with, and and if you're kinder to people, if you're nicer to people, if you you offer someone a high five, just a smile, you can just brighten up a little bit of their day. So. Why, that, why not try a, to do that? We're at a uh, red run, and they've brightened up our day quite a bit. This is a beautiful place, man. We just got done touring. Pretty badass, um, I would say, farm-to-table operation where you're, you're seeing cultivation um, organically from the ground up and then recycled back in all straight to retail, all in one campus. Um, and it's also making use of what was formerly a gas station. So it's reusing, um, land that would otherwise be, you know, just sitting here, not really doing much, man. This place, <clears throat> I know this, this place personally, and it's a, been a failed business after failed business. And it's been an eyesore and now it's now it's now it's not now it's productive and now it's beautiful, man. And they, they've um, restructured what it was so it doesn't look the same. So they've kind of not just, they didn't just paint over some something old. They, you know, have drastically changed it, but they've altered it in a way that it complements the environment. And the environment um, produces beautiful marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know, what's, uh, what's been important to us, and it's just, uh, it's the same, whether it's producing cannabis or producing children, it's the same principles are at hand. You know, what's been important uh, for me from the top down while starting this thing is uh, to create something that is mindful and completely different than business as usual. I had an internet company uh, basically back in the dot-com days, and um, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, and uh, did that for a number of years and got bought out. And I was so frustrated by the end of it, I came up to Alaska to get away from everything because I hated business as usual. I hated the uh, end user mentality. I hated being told I, uh, the internet wasn't real and what are you doing and what are you talking about and all of these things. This is before internet was even graphical and the internet was here. <clears throat> so by the end of it, I was so um, I was so done with business as usual and so done with. Uh, 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 male business figures that you know I came up here to get be a hunting and fishing guide and just completely get off the grid and so it was really important to me um, I didn't you know we've started fighting for the legalization first that was the most important because my wife and I we have a law firm too and uh, um, uh, really cognitive liberty is so important to me and us and so that's what we started and then it kind of transformed into this and the only way that I wanted to do Red Run as an, as an enterprise is that if it was mindful at every level and it's not just um, the, 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 the material or physicality of uh, you know what we do with organics and natural and, and feeding um, the worms and having an ecosystem. What's super important to me is to to change this idea of, of, of this capitalistic entrepreneur state to give back. You know, so like my people were in this stage of kind of growing. So the people that grow with us are, are, are going to get part of our, our enterprise and, and, and going to 
uh, be a part of it, not just from a labor, you know, hourly wage standpoint. It's, uh, yeah. We're trying to create something completely different. It has to change, in my opinion. We can't keep doing this capitalistic uh, uh, model. It's just unsustainable. Um, I'm doing the same thing with my business ventures. Uh, Ten Planet San Antonio is going to be owned by all the part, all the parting partner at partners involved rather yeah so all the guys that are helping me build it from the ground up they're all owners you know what i'm saying they're not just like participants they're not just guys that are kind of i'm paying to help out they're guys that got there and they started from the beginning so they're part of this yeah. of what we built it's the only way shit's gonna work really well yeah i think so and too. if you're gonna build more than one thing in your life then you gotta do it that way because Otherwise, you just screwed over everyone you worked with. You know, say so if you if you build something and you take it all, and all these people helped you, and you didn't give them a piece of it, then yeah, um, so it doesn't feel right. Yeah. It feels it feels uh, hollow and doesn't feel right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess if you like hired someone to pave your driveway, that's a different thing. But you know, yeah, the core people that are developing and that are there and they're creating. Um, and it's just to me, it's it's you're 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 all it's like a always trying to create win-win situations, and the more win-win situations you can create, um, it just rises everything rather than this top-down master-slave paradigm. Whereas I'm feeding you this, this is what I want you to do, and if you perform, there will be rewards, and then there will be consequences if not. And um, you know, it's just uh, to me that is so boring and so hollow that it's not even worth waking up out of bed. You know. Um, and it is worth waking out of bed that you can actually enrich other people's lives who actually come and bring their bring meat to the table, bring value to the table, um, you know, and create something worthwhile. Just trying to get, trying to grab. I'm just gonna load a load a bowl. I can, yeah. I can do it. Oh, thank you, Mr. Priscilla. So, what's who's really who's really at the top of the pyramid? You know what I'm saying? So you could sit there and say, I'm not saying you. I'm saying, but people would say it's the companies, it's the big corporations, it's the multinationals, or, you know, it's governments, <clears throat> you know, it's the politicians, or it's the combination of, you know, companies running the governments, you know what I'm saying, or it's, um, you know, a rich elite above them who own all the companies, um, or it's a few families. Like, or it's, um, you know, some type of, uh, just big mess that just created itself. What do you think is really going on? Enter, um, enter the yeah. new. Oh, perfect. Well, um, I, I, I think, you know, it's, uh, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't like to work conspiracy because it, you know, what it conjures up and everything. What I do absolutely believe in is just natural evolution and exponential exponentiality and it's just the nature of capitalism when you have a, a group of people that start out to race with uh, advantages and capital and then you just let the the time go on it exponentially gets more advantages those get more advantages and right now we're witnessing that 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 hyper cowboy capitalistic end game state to where it's now, and that's why it's, you know, 99%, 1%, you know, and it just keeps going like that because once you have all the advantages and once you have all of the the uh, uh, the market advantages, <clears throat> then you can just keep 
propelling that, and that's where we're at right now, is that they, the, the capitalists, because of the ego and greed, they didn't leave enough on the table. You, they, they kept on raking more and more and more, and it just spins, it accelerates. And, you know, that's where we're at, you know. And then what happens is these models accelerate, whether it's the French Revolution or the American Revolution, and we're, gonna go th- we're going through one right now. You reach a point to where uh, this, this structure is so lopsided and out of whack that um, you, you've got, something's got to give. And where we're at right now is we're at the crossroads of unlike anything that humanity has ever experienced. You can't look back and look linearly and go, okay, this is going to be like oh, the American Revolution, the French Revolution, or time is going to be like you know, 10 years ago. We're heading into something that is so fucking unknown and so uh, uh, disrupting and will be so terrifying for people that they can't even wrap their, their minds around, around it because what's, what's happening now and what's going to happen is we can see is we've got this old paradigm that didn't grow up with the, the internet, didn't grow up with uh, a lot of the things we did, and they're all desperate old men um, who have a lot of money, whether it's Russia, whether it's, it doesn't matter, Brazil, whether it's here, whether it's anywhere, and the game now isn't about yachts and accumulation and power, it's about immortality, living forever, it's about, you know, we're right on the cusp of having the technologies that uh, can extend life uh, for a great long time and then you've got um, genetic manipulation to where you can create perfect cognition perfect memory um, bodies that uh, that um, uh, myostatin is is um, basically tinkered with so you don't have any catabolic muscle don't break down I mean there's all of these uh, uh, it's happening right now uh, of uh, basic sequences that can be manipulated and then can be patented and uh, you know that's what they're trying to do is get the intellectual enforcement across the globe because once the advantages are exponentially more and more so once ai gets into the hands of uh, again this this small group of elite who has the money to pay all of the people and to basically get all the people to do it because they can't develop any of it that's the only advantage that the underground really has and that's what we've had from the beginning because you know i was really into the internet before it was and the 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 people that create are mut- mutants you know they, they they're they're not the 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 end user government people they're always the government and all these end users are always a step away away so that's the only advantage we have but on the other side they have all the resources and everything and they have all the money so they just keep throwing it at um people who are again if you're if you're into the money and consumerism and you've got a fragile ego and people start throwing money at you you are going to to buy in and you're going to you know feed into their shit and so you know um with ai and um genetic manipulation and uh, you know, life extension for for a gr- great amount of people, you have even more clinging to, clinging to power and and, and resources and um, what's mine because now I'm not living to be eighty or a hundred. I can live to be two or three hundred or four hundred. And once I can download my consciousness onto a solid straight drive, which we will ha- we will have in my lifetime when we live, we will see that people right now are you know can witness real uh, immortality and so uh we're going to see more desperation and less regard for the 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 unfortunate folks who are you know will slowly be pressed into the cities because of global warming and economics and wars and all this you know all this shit so well you already see the elite like on their 10th heart transplant you know what i'm saying some of these guys at the top they're like oh another heart transplant or another liver transplant oh more kidneys for this person so yeah, they have definitely can skip some lines 
No, man, when well, they've got, oh, they've got organ farms right now, I mean, where you can grow all, you get, you know, you get your t- stem cells and your super cells, and you've, you've got them quarantined, and you've got your own little uh, locker uh, that's basically an organ farm. I mean, they're doing it right now to where you're, you're, you're instead of waiting to get sick or waiting for organs, um, you're just growing them, and they're just waiting for you, so when the time comes, you just uh, replace it with another one. And the nanotechnologies... Is the move, is the move to get them right away. Is the move to get new organs now. So while you're young, like I'm like, man, I just go get them now. I can, I can handle a surgery right now, you know, when I'm, like, I'm relatively young. You know what I mean? Not young, but, like, compared to, like, trying to get new ones when you're 80. Well, the other yeah. thing is, it's, uh, it's unbelievable that... Um, it, it, perfect ones now. It, it, that's happening is uh, the nanotechnologies it's just like with your smartphone and, and um, uh, an app it's just a monitoring is that you can release these you know um, basic uh, uh, nanobots that just patrol your organs I got nanobots patrol my kidneys nanobots control my lungs nanobots and all they're doing is yeah, they're monitoring the precursors for any shit yeah well they have uh, the skeleton yeah, the ex- exoskeletons but it's remarkably simple because all they're looking is for precursor, uh, precursor environmental cues that show that there's dysfunction, whether it's uh, inflammation or whether it's a uh, cancer or whether it's uh, a metabolic uh, uh, dysfunction. You know, you're going to be able to, to, to not only uh, monitor that, then they're going to go, hey, your 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 kidney is is you know doing this. It's at eighty percent, and then it just fixes it all. Goes in there and just. You know, creates a molecular, releases a molecular uh, tool or whatever, and it just then it, it changes it. Then it goes up back to 100. That's good, and it just you know we're going to see these technologies, and they're not they're going to be for the super super rich, and uh, and then uh, it what's what's always concerned me from the beginning, really from, from the beginning, is um, is how exponentiality and AI actually work, and so like right now. It doesn't seem like it's much, but with every year, it gets exponentially faster. And so what's going to happen is, like, all the jobs, like manufacturing jobs, professional jobs, all of these things are going to be eaten up by AI. And then we're going to have, you know, we'll have 10% of, of people that um, just don't can't be employed. Then we'll have 20. We'll have 40. We'll, very rapidly, we'll have 60, 70% of our population within 15 years that can't work because in order to work on the complicated AI and development that's going to need, you're going to have to be a, again, you're going to have to have these mutations and be one of these people that can work in, in computers and AI and can code and can develop and do that because we're not going to be making anything. We're not going to be, the doctors will be basically obsolete. Lawyers will be obsolete. Um, making things, pipe fitters, um, manufacturing, everything is going to be completely, uh, um, done by AI and by robots. Service industry all gone. In the interim, I'd like to note that the European Union is trying to give human rights to artificial intelligence. I mean, <clears throat> I understand all those things, and um, it kind of terrifies me. But um, I know the guys are going to replace me, and I'm I'm trying to turn them into the guys that can replace me. So. Um, that's the one beautiful thing about my sport and my profession is like um, we're actively cultivating the future and ultimately AI could replace us but we are the user 
So. Oh yeah, it's a kind of a different, different yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel I feel for all the other professions where AI is there, and that's ultimately like the reality of humans is like, what do we do when we have unlimited time on our hands with unlimited resources? And what kind of people are we? What do we do with our lives at that mm-hmm. point? Where's your val- where's the value difference? Right, because it's, it's it just kind of where, yeah. what you're talking about is replace me, you know. And at the heart and at the root of all this is that male ego, and at the root of uh, the insecurity and everything is where's my value? How am I valued in this uh, society? And again, we've been involuntarily installed with conditions that aren't our own. So we believe that in this uh, puritanical consumer preparation, work hard for productive sake society. Um, that model is a falsehood in my opinion. I think that has been a bullshit falsehood and it's, it's delivered us here. It's had its place. It, it was all necessary. Everything's necessary. So it's not knocking it, but we, it delivers us here so we can then examine it and go, this isn't making us happy. And not only is it making it happy, it's killing our environment and it's unsustainable. And our children, I don't want my children coming up in this to go through all the things I've had to go through or go through all the bullshit that, we have to go through, um, uh, again, with relationships because we don't know how to interact with uh, um, other people in our environment because we don't even know our own value. We don't even know who we are. We don't even know what we are. We don't even know what we're doing. You know. And so um, one of the things I think is so important for uh, the male leadership is to restate the objective. What the fuck are we doing? Um, and with that comes um, uh, this idea of value and what uh, can I be replaced? What am I? You know, what is, you know, when we get into uh, these artificial intelligence and what we get, get faster and faster, we're going to ask, what is, who are, what is intelligence? We're intelligent. You know, our neocortex is artificial intelligence. We're, we are artificial intelligence. And so when we start seeing these other enterprises that are intelligent, you know, and they can be transferable, we're going to go, what the what the fuck are we? I mean, what is intelligence? What uh, What is all of this? And really, it gets down to um, just kind of being okay with uh, um, with uh, uh, with reality as it is um, and not disturbing it through the lens of that ego where it's, it's again, like, you need me. Uh, I, you can't replace me. Uh, um, I've derived my value because of all of the things I, I, uh, I'm giving. And the rewards that I receive, it, uh, it, uh, we have to kind of re-examine all of all of that. Can I ask a, a real personal question, Curtis? It's not really like super personal, and I'm sure you've thought of, you've answered this a hundred times. Like, how did you get involved in, with Ten Plan Jiu Jitsu? Uh, is there any? By the way, do you want to address well, anything in that? Well, just to address his point, I mean, you look at uh, cultures who just recently uh, have become involved with Western culture. And you take uh, northern um, Alaskan, like Eskimos, who just a few cultures ago, the, the alpha males of, of, the, of the team, you know, their role was like hunting whales. And they would not only hunt the whale, but harvest the whale, process the whale, and then, um, had almost like a, a, a role in society as a group. And then fast forward and suddenly people are saying no, don't hunt those whales live in these western houses, buy this fuel, burn this gas eat this processed food um, their, their role was replaced by a system 
like the male role of that person so like you and then the kids are then going like okay so do i want to be like my dad and be a whale hunter but now i really can't be a whale hunter and provide for my family the way because my my role was replaced by a system now i need to figure out where in the system i fit so it's like now you gotta replace an entire role with like a piece you know you'd be cool with being an electrician or a plumber or a carpenter who are all pieces of construction or you can you know what i mean it's just, it's a weird it's a weird thing um and yeah like are you gonna be a father why they can just make artificial babies they can just make machines you know what's the point of reproducing what's the point of like i don't know it's weird yeah and it's, it's it gets down to the uh, also the point of being a father is you know what are you going to instill uh, the whole the whole uh, you know the whole idea of, of of a father is um is is giving them the tools you know giving our our little navigators i always look at this as we're just navigators and we have to give our nav a little guys the tools and what's worth um basically living on translate you know basically transferring uh to somebody what is you know really uh, sticky and relevant um, and that's where I think you know it, where all the gold is with uh, this idea of of, of 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 teaching or giving anything. It's um, it's to me it's completely worthless and irrelevant um, if it uh, if it isn't um, isn't um, isn't something that, that that they can use to navigate in this world to make uh, make better sense of it. You know it uh, it uh, and just like you're saying with and ah God I, I feel so bad for all of the the natives um, in so many areas um, because it was not only were we conditioned by this Western idea and installation they were and this was, ours was more of a passive installation. It's always more of a passive installation where they had passive, but it was also active and premeditated and calculated, you know, the re, the reschooling of, of the natives and uh, basically ripping them from their culture and enforcing them, forcing them into well, these it's models. High speed, it's high speed. Um, broke? High speed uh, acclimatization. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, your culture is going to assimilate here real fast, real fast. Whereas I think, um, you know, bringing Western culture to the status of Western culture has been a progression on people over a while. It's been like a constant battle of civil rights versus the rights of the oppressor and the interests of the oppressor, rather. You know and what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just like the oppressive regime is just, you know, pushing into, you know, more aggressive measures towards slavery and the people are arguing for their rights yeah. and now the oppressive regime can go we don't even need you people yep. see the end game they see the end game yep. the end game is the oppressive regime can go we can just cancel these people out um, out of sight out of mind yeah. incarcerate so it's de a weird emasculate uh, de-disenfranchise disempower so I, I think there's um, there's an there's a interesting argument for the de the oppression of technology uh, to preserve our way of life. It's almost like... And then that... You know, I was having this conversation with my cousin the other day. We, were, we went hiking at um, uh, Russian River. Beautiful, by the way. Saw a bear. Tons of salmon. Um, they, they congregate there, so no matter what, there's going to be a lot of salmon. And on the way up, we're talking about, you know, is this a simulation? You know, is this, you know... Um, re what is this reality? You know what I mean? Um... And the concept of if it is a simulation, we're at the brink of being able to 
make our own simulations. Yep. And then that raises the question, are we obviously in a simulation? How many levels of simulation could we be in at this point? Because we're a, 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 um, you know, a society about to be able to create those. We could create simulated universes within simulated universes within simulated universes. Um, so it really, really trips me out. Yeah, it really it's, uh, this out. is something I, I mean, I go, I've been writing about this stuff for 20 years, and this is where I've been. I mean, I've, I had these visions in my head since I was little because this is how I see the world. This is how I see the Internet. Everything to me is connectivity and information theory and, and, and holographic theory. And so and my this is a, I would say this is a belief system. There's some things that I just inherently know for whatever reason, but I'll say this is theoretical just to be on the safe side for people is I really firmly uh, believe that uh, we live in a holographic uh, simulation and how we're going to um, have a first-hand experience with this is because I do some beta testing for Google and for other things too uh, with virtual reality and Google Glass and some other dumb shit. But once you see like the first stages of virtual reality, you can see, okay, this is the generation one. And again, all of these technologies are exponential. So three years, the, they, they, you know, they jump, you know, 16 times, you know, it just keeps on going. And Again, in our lifetime, we will have a virtual, holographic virtual uh, technology that you won't be able to tell the difference between this reality and that reality. You won't be able to tell. And so what we'll have, it's almost exactly like the Matrix in, in a way, is you'll have all of these people that either, um, you know, if, if they haven't gotten to the point where they've actualized themselves and we haven't changed things, you're going to, because everybody wants to escape, whether it's sugar, whether it's TV, whether it's drugs, whether it's everything. Look, everybody wants to run away. Every, everything. It's, again, a made of relationships. They don't want to have clear conversations. They don't want to have the hard conversations. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to tell people. What, so everybody's running away. And watch them scroll on their phones. You wait till they get to virtual reality where nobody's can be somebody. They can be anybody. And they can live in these virtual worlds. And nobody's going to want to ever come out and live a real the material actual life they're going to run for the hills so they can live in these escape realities because again when you're nobody the eagle's a nobody i want to be somebody i want to be a king i want to be a, a war hero i want to be a sports player i want to be a band a musician whatever the fuck people want to be in their ego mind you know that's uh you know what they're going to want to do um and so my opinion is that um for people that don't um have these visions or understand things like the internet or applications or even how electricity works or anything works, they, they have to be shown. They have to be like shown firsthand. You know, this is again why I'm so uh, hugely a, 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 an advocate of the psychedelic experience because it's the only thing, in my opinion, that can actually show people have a mystical experience, something that they can't uh, remotely um, um, uh, uh, basically um, deny. And so, like, um, you know, with this, this holographic um, uh, universe, it, and it's really simple, in my opinion, is all of our technologies, it, it shows you, um, whether it's cloud-based computing, whether it's um, actual uh, holographic, you know, the, the first generation, you can see it. It's, it is what it is. It's a, it's a series of, of, of data that's enfolded, and then when people are, are when it's needed, it unfolds, you know, and so it's like... A, uh, form and matter again it's it, this is a reality people think this is crazy but it's not it's at every point in this this thing it's not there it's moving it's virtual this is it, it's a virtual in a way because at every point when you get down to the quantum world when you get down to the the, the, the smallest filament of this it's it's there and it's not there it's basically you know, a, a, a um, arrangement of 
pixels, points, tiny little points that are unfolded from the center of nowhere. Because, uh, again, the idea of holographic theory, every every point is the center of every point. And so it, you can, every point is the same same point. And so I know it's really hard to... It, so without a, without a doubt, we're in a holographic universe. Well, again, this is what I say out of, out of doubt. In my, my belief, 100% absolutely, that this is a created simulation. Um, and if, like right now, if I was given a billion dollars and I could live another million years, exponential, again, just take what we know now with resources, just take what we know now, 10 years, a thousand years, what can we create? What can we develop? Because we're already developing these virtual worlds, like you were just talking about, a simulation within a simulation. The first cyber technologies was our simulation within a simulation. You know, we first, we got to build our... Do you think that there's beings that potentially could live for that long that will come become alive that are are alive now that started living now that could find immortality in the next few hundred years and then come back in time and say win an election uh um uh i'll tell you one thing it's i'll tell you um i am i am uh um you know, I am a, a staunch skeptic and a man of science, and I believe in logic and ration. And um, I have been really anti-bullshit and anti-religious frameworks um, and anti-fanciful um, thinking yeah. and all of that because w- when we believe, we want to believe. And so whatever whatever it is, we will lean into it and fall head over heels, and it will be what we want it to be. So you don't want it to be that. I will say, though... Through my own personal DMT and heavy mushroom, heavy mushroom experience, the only way you can really get it is through is through DMT. In my experience, you have the DMT experiences where you can actually be hyper transported to other dimensions. And where I, I think this all fits into is it kind of what you're saying. I, I don't know if it kind of goes the like we you know, like what you're sort of saying, but what I do believe is. Um, uh, and I, I would have never said this because it sounds crazy, um, and it's I, this is why I think people need to to talk about it because it's okay to talk about crazy shit, you know. I think people need to. to that's why talking about psychedelics are so important because nobody wants to talk about these things because it leaves people vulnerable. Um, I believe there's a, a, a strong potential, um, a very strong potential that um, that when we go into a DMT trips, specifically DMT, and it all renders down to DMT, even psilocybin, it all goes down to the, the same molecular uh, structure. I believe that that basically um, what happens is, right now we have serotonin, regular state of neurotransmitter. So tr- neurotransmitter is a transmitter. It's transmitting a reality. It's, that's how it's, this is all working, is we have a stable reality. You know, our penal glands, um, in my opinion, were once very active in a different organ altogether, but through oppressive, oppressive light, eating everything across the board, it's just shriveled up to nothing. And so when we we take these DMT um, DMT substances and we take these psychedelics, um, and this gets into other things too that I can kind of get into, is we have what's called emergence, emergence. And so you can't have emergence unless you have um, enough um, um, connections. It's, uh, I, I use the I use the, the the example like water. So you can have an H2O molecule, one H2O molecule. You don't have water. There's no wetness. The I, the realization emergence of water doesn't take place. 
Have a hundred, doesn't take place. There's a critical threshold of connective molecules, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, wetness and water emerges. So it doesn't start with just a few H2O, it starts with this many connections. And once that is connection, then a new phenomenon um, is, is, is realized. And so the same thing happens across the board with a lot of things. And so when we take psychedelics, um, and again, this is just theory because nobody knows what the hell is. There's nothing that's out there on this. Is um, I believe that um, DMP specifically is a neurotransmitter that uh, floods our neuroscape. Once you've you've taken enough, you've got to have. A, again, it's all about enough. If you don't have enough, it's the thresholds aren't broken, so you don't have the emergence. And once you do have enough, um, then what happens is a new new neurotransmission occurs. And that takes you to these other dimensions, which I believe is a, a hyper dimension that exists here all the time. It's as simple as, you know, we're on this one frequency because of our neurotrans state. Same thing. And some people can have different ones. We see it through schizophrenics. We see it through weird people that have visions and all sorts of shit. They have a mutation or whatever, whatever. But mostly people are transmitting at this residence and it creates everything like this. But once you... You know, you, you, you change that frequency, and all of a sudden, what's here is really turned on. It's like, holy shit, there's only side channels. There's these side dimensions of all of this shit happening, and it's all information. And so what I think lives and exists all around us all the time is all of these hyper dimensions um and how many there are a lot of the shamans have done uh, this is why i like i, I like really uh, getting into the shamanic work uh and really getting down and, and, and getting down to what people have you know i catalog a lot of these experiences so i can start to, to see patterns and stuff and you know there's there's people that talk about there's basically nine dimensions you know and you, you've got our uh, obviously our first three dimensions and fourth dimensions time fifth dimensions the virtual imaginative uh, dream state sixth is the is the spiritual dimension um and some say and i believe too that uh, uh, dmt ayahuasca and and such can can get you uh, to the to the sixth dimension, and that's where a lot of times where you see these uh, where people talk about being basically propelled out of their body and thrown into the dome, and there's all these fucking entities that you're talking with, which is that's the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Is once you have had that experience, and you're actually communicating and talking with other entities that you know, it's like it's not a you're not bullshitting yourself. It's not a hallucination. It is more real than us talking right here. And you start doing that, it's uh, it's you can't ever come back. It's just different. It's uh, it's uh, you 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 kind of get to see, again, in my opinion, that um, what the idea of a hyper reality is, and what I think is is a very strong strong possibility because it's exactly what you would do if if I'm a developer that wants to live forever. I've got to create a environment within an environment that. I can move anywhere, be anywhere, and basically, uh, you know, basically travel to any 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 point and and be behind the scenes, and uh, um, and how to do that is basically uh, um, through through resonation and through you know basically uh, uh, tweaking uh, the transmission, the transmission, you know, and it's a. Uh, yeah, it's there's a lot of weird there's a lot of uh, of weirdness to it, but I, I kind of tend to think that it is uh, it is us it is us that have evolved exponentially, and that this is another simulation because it gets 
when you know everything and you've done all of these things and it's boring and you want some novelty and this whole idea is about novelty it's about creating novelty and it's about perpetuating novelty and that's what we're doing and the novelty is we start from scattered and knowing nothing and being archaic cave people to getting to what we really are which is divine intelligence and the more we go the more we're going to go into this divine intelligence and the more that we awaken as, as human beings, we're going to realize it is us. We are that intelligence. That is, and the more that we can, we can actually work with it and understand it and accept it and, and do it. We can avert a lot of things in my opinion, because we, we're not separate. You know, this whole idea of why we're fucking everything over, and it's fucking over the female aspect, waterways, the earth, the women in our lives, the dominance, the male dominance, it's because we think we're separate from what we are, we're, we're interacting with. We think that we're separate. And we have to be shown, we can't, be, we can't read about it, we can't get it from religion, we can't get it from, uh, from anywhere else. We have to be shown with a sledgehammer to the face of what it really is. Um, and we'll, the pressures will keep pressuring. It will keep pressuring, keep pressuring until... It forces us to have no choice in the matter, that we're going to have to re-examine everything. And I really believe we're at the point, that's why cannabis is emerging, that's why psychedelics are emerging, um, because it's the plants, it's like Mother Ayahuasca and Mother Earth wanting to reclaim um, its, uh, its, its rightful place. It's an uh, it's, you know, endgame destination, which to me is really, it's a Garden of Eden. And the only way to get to, to be a Garden of Eden is to have uh, have mass critical massive enlightenment, which is realize people need to realize what we are and what we're doing here. Priscilla, <laughs> so so do you have any plans for the wedding? Have you have you thought about a location? It'll probably be up here. We'll probably we'll probably be up here. Have you thought about like a time that you um... probably next summer? Yeah. Um, Very cool. Just the weather's nice. I mean, you don't, I mean, you don't want to be in December. Like, so it's all sometime it, um, when the fishing is good. So probably a little bit later than now, maybe like an hour a little bit later. We'll see. Are you okay with that? Like a wedding in Alaska? Yeah, that sounds good. I was asking you about um, moose season because I think my grandpa might want to shoot a moose or yeah, hunt a moose. Yeah, uh, April, September, September. Yeah, do a fall. So, fall's so, pretty badass, too. Uh, yeah. I'd say what's really pretty. My wife and I, we got married in Otter Cove. It's in Homer. It's on the other side. Um, and they have a couple of these little resorts. There's Homer, or Halibut Cove, Otter yeah. Cove, and a couple yeah. of these places. Oh, it's we explore a few more spots. Yeah. And, get some ideas Tom uh, Keaton is another but, cool place too I mean it, there's also just a convenience level we got I'm sure um, some people with that from Texas are going to want to come up some people from Austin her family um, and then I have a lot of family here so it'll, okay. be, it'll be a lot of fun mm -hmm. it, it's very cool because they get to come up and have their Alaska experience mm -hmm. so it becomes very yeah that's the thing so we gotta we gotta find the right relationship with the right um Lodge. So all y'all lodges out there, <laughs> want to bring a gang of ten planet people up? We should just make our own. Lodge. Um, 
So I, it, you might want to really look at, because uh, um, it's kind of what we did over at Otter Cove. They have these packages. There's like all these little cabins and stuff because you have all these people come over and then they have, it's included like the a water taxi. Um, and so they prepare and they do everything there so everybody just stays out there and it's just a bunch of little cabins that people camp out and everything. And it's pretty reasonable for, for what it is. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what you're, you're wanting to do is find a, a lodge that uh, you can just rent all the way out. Who, want, who wants to bring Eddie Bravo to Alaska? Oh, man. I will, I'm willing to bet yeah. you that I can find sponsors. Like dead to your face right now that I can find sponsors to get Eddie Bravo to to Alaska yeah. for your wedding. You better come to our wedding. Let's make it a sick lodge. Yeah, we can do it. Sick lodge experience. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I bet you we could. Hit me we, up. Uh, Curtis at on it. Shoot me the email. How are you with uh, uh, on it? Yeah. So how did you get involved uh, with On It and the On It Academy? I think that uh, the natural relationship between On It and Tenth Planet stems from the fact that Joe Rogan is a Tenth Planet black belt. I mean, that's just obvious. So, um, and Joe Rogan's a heavy influence in On It. He's an owner and one of our largest influencers. And in addition to that, Aubrey has created the On It Academy and in specific, on at Gym Austin. And, um, you know, Aubrey is, recognizes that there's a lot of advantage in diversity. So he, he is, and, and he just, he's taking all the best approaches. He's taking, you know, the mace, the club, the battle rope, even conventional tools like the barbell, and creating a, a combination of systems, um, you know, including body weight and, and <clears throat> And everything in between, really. And as you start to like build what he would probably call like the modern warrior or something like that. Um, total human optimized warrior. As you move towards yeah. total human optimization, you know, and, and, and his specific interests are martial arts, you know, he's got a lot of fighting connections. This was natural that um, Jiu Jitsu became part of it. So he had a, you know, a lot of the coaches there, Sean. Um, E-Sig, all those guys that are already like teaching striking, um, even Primal. I see holding mitts every now and then. Um, so we have they have we have a Bay Muay Thai program as a result, in addition to a Tenth Planet program. They came about because Aubrey basically just called up Eddie and was like, "Hey, I want to open a Tenth Planet Austin." I was already looking to open a Tenth Planet, and um, you know, it was just timing and everything just worked out just right. Um, I had already known Joe. Um, I had some good experiences with Joe, so I think it was just a good fit. Um, and I, I have a lot of the technical skills I think Onnit was looking for. That they wanted someone with um, a degree um, experience outside of just jujitsu. Um, I wasn't a black belt yet; I was only a brown belt. Um, but also at Tenth Planet, I was big on the warm-ups. Everybody, um, I was big on helping new people um become part of a team and i was big on on helping build the team and you know promoting the interest of the head coach you guys i'm just joking (laughs) um but yeah i mean promoting the interest of 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 the school you know i'm saying so like is it a franchise um in planets a team and in a sense it's a franchise um we all pay tithe in a way but it's very very modest eddie is more about success of his schools than taxing his schools. Um, 
so it's really not it's it's not an overly monetized system you know um but is it like a, a physical location there's a there's there's a 10th planet hq um and then there's 10th planet um uh like there's 100 eight, locations yeah 100 locations 100 probably. locations worldwide Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I do know that there is a strong interest in Tenth Planet Jiu-Jitsu, uh, bringing it up here and, and being active in, in Soldatna. I know that there. I, I Should know that I they, be, yeah, I'd be full on it. I've been. That's what I've been wanting to get back to to doing because uh, it's it's like kind of like what we're we're talking about uh, in a way, which is important. And I've gotten removed from this because I was, you know, a big athlete. Um, and really was into martial arts when I was younger for about 15 years. And I was taught, I've been talking to Will about, or uh, Bill about this. And it's just one of these things. And I, why I think it's so freaking important is, you know, we, um, we live in this land of theory and, and theory and philosophy and ideas and, um, technology and all that. And that's like one realm. It's really great, but you then have to connect it with the body, the physical body. And that's why the martial arts in fighting and jujitsu is like it creates this balanced harmonic state between philosophy and earthly application, you know. And I think that those two are super important because if you have one and not the other, you're going to have dysfunction. And if you live in this land of theory and philosophy and everything, and you're not putting it under the stress and putting it under the physicality of one-on-one competition and 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 and, and really immersing yourself like that, you'd never know where your metal is you never know where the the theory begins and ends and whether it's valid you have to test these things under extreme pressure you know and that's where i i really think that uh you know jujitsu and the martial arts are just at, will be will be important forever like literally forever <clears throat> because I, it is our connection i have a, a very firm belief that i said this a, a year ago so i guess we're now like four year uh four years into my five-year plan but i really do believe that the Kenai Peninsula is going to become a mecca for training. I think that this is going to become a place that people want to train because it's away from everything. It's away from a lot of the bullshit distractions. <laughs> We're in the middle of nowhere, and but we have yep. access to anything you could potentially want. And this is it goes hand in hand. This is again everything is entangled. This is weird. Is so I've been trying. I, I actually just recently tried to contact Joe, and I'd like to contact Joe for one specific reason, and I think he would be really on board with this. Um, is uh, we are moving to legalize psychedelics um, in Alaska. You know, I worked with the cannabis uh, legalization campaign, and now um, we got a, a guy's coming down. Actually, I don't know if you want. It, you can go to this. I gotta leave, um, but uh, Will's coming down. I'm meeting him tonight. He's a neuropsychologist, and um, we started the uh, Alaska Psychedelic Society, and we're meeting for the first time to start the, the strategy to um, get Alaska to legalize psychedelics. And for I think, uh, where I think is super important, and it's sort of like what you were saying, is uh, Alaska needs new economic lifeblood, needs all of this stuff. And so what better place to start researching, um, uh, really researching Honestly, psychedelics? The move for Alaska is to, like, is to, like, I don't even want to say it, but probably more along the lines of get limit federal oversight so that it can then open up the freedoms to do all those other things. Yeah. So it's got to be more like, hey, federal government, you guys are cool, but we got this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll handle our stuff. We don't need your tax money. 
You know what I'm saying? We don't need your. We don't need to be taxed and giving the money back. We don't need any of that kind of. We'll we'll do we'll do this on our own. You know what I'm saying? We'll we'll follow the some of these rules. And that's we'll what we did with rules. cannabis. That's what yeah, we, exactly, exactly what we did with cannabis, and, and we like, can use that. And that needs to be like kind of the position in general, you know. And then we need to establish that relationship. And then once that relationship's established, then I feel like we need to like start changing those laws. But if we try to like um, change the laws before then, then we're agreeing. To their oversight and it's like this weird deal where like we should just first of all draw the line on that relationship first instead of instead of staying in the relationship and trying to make rules in the relationship she'd be like no your arm gets cut off right there bam now now we can have this conversation you know, it's kind of yeah. like um, you know, it, there's there's really no uh, uh, legal or real like real way but the way that the, the feds and the states interact and, and all of the little nuances that envelop that. But kind of what we did, and this is why Alaska is so great, and why we have the voter initiative, and why it's set up the way it is, is this the legalization didn't come from the the, the uh, legislators or any of those people it came from the people we're able to create a, an, an initiative that we can structure our own model that has nothing to do with the federal government nothing so what we did with the cannabis was exactly that it has nothing to do with the in fact it's a big you know, big middle finger to the feds because we don't need you. It is a declaration that we don't need your framework we don't need anything to do with you and it's exactly like you said it's the cannabis was the first step. It's it, what we have to do is get them out of everything. In my opinion, banking through a decentralized blockchain. They need everything needs to be decentralized and distributed back to the people, and that's where everything is going. We will start seeing distributed, distributed network services across the board for everything because the power has to come back, and the cognitive liberty has to come back to the to the people. And it's just like you know what I've seen with. With with uh, and it kind of goes with on it and nootropics. You know, I'm a huge, huge, like nootropic guy, and um, to, to create cognitive states. And what you find there um, with whether it's even like modafinil or with thiracetams or with these other ones is it's you have difficulties uh, even getting these things um, um, because there's legalities. There's all of these things, and again, you're sitting there going whether it's even testosterone or whether it's anything. How are you going to tell a, a grown man what they can't cognitively experiment See, it's with? It's a weird. I hear these battles. You say one, on one hand, people are going to become machines that have want more and more and more. On the other hand, we need to make everything um, uh, unregulated and and uh, with no government oversight. And the convergence of those two things is this terrible world where people who get whatever they want have no one overseeing them. Yeah, it can't be so, completely over. You so have to have oversight. Why, that's why I feel like there's this weird balance where we need because if you look at the current structure, we have a uh, you know federal government, we have basically centralized money. It's just not government owned, and it's like why not? You know why isn't the money government? You know like if we're gonna have centralized money production, shouldn't it be owned by the people? I shouldn't even say this. It's, once you get into Otherwise, fiat currency yeah. and you 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 start learning the history of all the kind of plan jiu jitsu though, um, the, one of the things that's you touched on a little bit um, and I like to expand upon is the lack of human interface that people have. You know, there's so much time listening to podcasts alone <laughs> by yourself. Yep. You know, without any friends, you could be doing jiu jitsu instead of getting stuck on a long podcast listening to alone by yourself. When you could be doing jiu jitsu. <laughs> Um, Say it another time, and then it gets. Really you should gets. be doing jujitsu. Some things you just gotta catapult into your brain, like George Bush said. Um, you need to look into ten plant jujitsu, 
because of the human interaction. And if you're watching conspiracy videos all night and you're by yourself and you spend another day um, working on a computer and you're by yourself and you do that for a week, mm-hmm. you haven't actually touched anybody. And the only um, uh, electromagnetic frequencies that you interfaced with are non-living. And I think that brings you closer to your own electromagnetic frequency converting into non-living. And when you do jiu-jitsu, you get to like experience... Uh, you don't have to roll. You don't have to roll, but you do have human interaction. And it's not even just physical contact. It's more so the group. And you get to meet people and talk about their day and talk about their lives. And they ask you about your day and your lives. And then you have a network of friends and support structure who want to see you become successful. And it's not just... Um, again, you're going to get better at uh, jiu-jitsu, but you also get better at things you do in your life and you'll have more people supporting the things that you do in your life. So all these things start to compound on, on themselves and has a mutually beneficial effect on a lot of other people. So jiu-jitsu um, can have a huge benefit to people who have desk jobs or phone jobs or um, car jobs or even people who work in high stress environments where they don't want to actually talk to anybody they just want to roll um, come get human interaction at 10th Planet Awesome can I can constantly I... sponsoring but I hate people who sponsor shit all the time <laughs> joking I, I do have a like a like a real serious question though because it leads back to 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu and what in your life directed you into 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu I know you I don't know if you were like on a different all, all path the and then I something said, all the things I said um, I moved to, I didn't move to LA originally for 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu it just kind of I just kind of landed there um, and uh, I just ended up at 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu there's probably some coincidence built in that I haven't yet realized. There's a lot of coincidence, actually. I had a friend. He lived right next to it. Um, you know, I met Dave. It's a weird coincidence, actually. The guy that produces a lot of the stuff for Tempe San Antonio right now, um, on Invitational, main producer. He's a super talented guy. And I met him. I had this roommate, uh, this guy that, he's like, hey, my buddy, he's like, moved, moved to L.A. I got there, but by the time I got there, he had moved out. He moved out. And the guy in the house was this dude named Dave, who's since become, you know, one of my best friends. No, shout out to Dave. Yeah. Mega shout out. <laughs> you know Mega shout out to Dave. So, like, I've, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a, a thing. Like, you never meet an asshole named Dave. Like, legitimately. Like, I, I'm sure I, there's some assholes out there named Dave. I stopped dating a girl because she said her baby's daddy was an asshole. And he's like, his name's Dave. Cut it off. Mm-hmm. Early. Which is good because it worked out. I'm with my Sound wife like now and it's great. Sound like, see, there's a reason for everything. Yeah. You knew you were right. Stick to your guns. It's, it, was, it was in the that's, gut. That's the rule of that story right there. Always stick to your guns. Um, um, so, but how long have we been going? Pretty long? I, we've been going on a minute, I'm, I'm sure. Um, yeah, we've been going on uh, not too bad. about an hour. That's not too bad at all. No. Most 10th Planet, uh, 10 PH, shout out to 10 PATX Radio, guys. Um, that's a show I do. It's I try to keep them brief. They're usually like 35 minutes. And <clears throat> we just dive into my students real hard. Or I try to anyways. Um, I want to get my Diane Sawyer down. I want to be able to like just pull it out of you right away. 
show the whole world what you are, throw it back at you, make fun of you about it, ask you what you really think. You know, no, no, um, it's fun. Uh, I encourage you guys to listen to it. Um, you get to know the 10 Planet students, and some of them are, you know, celebrities in their own right. Um, and I always try to ask them, you know, the deep questions at the end, like, what is reality? Where are we at? What is this all about? Why are we doing this? Um, the things that really keep me up at night. And, yeah. You've also, you've had some really cool hosts of, of other podcasts on the Keto Evangelist podcast. Yeah. Uh, you I mean, you have podcasts upon podcasts with podcasters about podcasts. So, a whole whole body of work. You can find that one on iTunes. I'm on the, uh, if you guys should go back and check out the Eddie Bravo Radio. Everyone encouraged for that to come back. Do some downloads on that. There's a four-hour Joe Rogan podcast on that one. Uh, with me, Eddie, and Joe Rogan, Zach Waldman. Um, at 4.20, I introduced a marijuana product to Joe Rogan. Just very coincidental. Um, um, Historically speaking, yeah. what's your favorite marijuana product? You know, my buddy Chai, he produced a really high-quality product called uh, Tahoe OG, and that was probably my my favorite strain product, like herb of all time. I spent the most time with it. It's the one I learned like cultivation on. You know what I'm saying? As far as like I saw this one the most and really learned the growth of uh, plants the most on this one, and you know really learned. It's interesting watching life cycles when you really watch a life cycle over and over. You know what I'm saying? And you see, you know, seed to mother, mother to clone. And then, you know, all the way through and then that repeat, 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 and then tweaks and tweaks and tweaks and tweaks and tweaks and tweaks. It really just like, and you see how fast it is and um, you see how hard the plants strive to get big and I don't know, it's crazy. It puts life in perspective in a weird way. And I, I think growers have a unique view and, and, and um, you know, cultivation takes talent and yeah, man, it's, it's enlightening and, and and healthy yeah that's it that's, that's it you know it's just like what I was saying at the beginning is you know cultivation is exactly like raising a kid and that's why I think it's really important I teach my kids about cultivation give the plants what do you do how do you grow healthy plants how do you grow healthy kids how do you grow healthy plants are grown when you give them the right attention the right nutrients the right water the right attention. it's all about attention and it's just like you got to give your your children attention. You got to give them the right ingredients. You got to give them the right water. You got to give them the right healthy foods. You've got to. And that's a topic that's been fucking driving me crazy lately, man. Is the the, the push and pull between the paleo ketogenic diets, which is there's a lot of arguments for yeah. paleo ketogenic diets, and then there's the other side that's there's a strong pull towards veganism, vegetarianism. And then, so those two, like, opposing, there's, like, paleo-ketogenic, and then over here is veganism. And then there's some people who just, they think whatever, it's, like, intention. It's, like, it's like doesn't matter what you eat. It's yeah. the intention you have when you eat it. And it's, like, your body just converts Huge. into whatever, like, like, and there's some argument, I think, that, like, humans are just fucking shit-consuming machines, man. We're the pigs of primates. It comes down to, but it also yeah. comes down to, and I go on about this is is mindfulness. It ever at every level, we we, we always That's get the buzzword. We get so we get so uh, at at the speed of light, like human beings. This is the one thing that 
that people need to realize. Like, human beings are terrible at interacting at the speed of light. Things happen so fast. We get too ahead of ourselves in our trances, in our in our bullshit sticks. Our trances just take over. And so, whether it's eating, whether it's smoking cannabis, it doesn't matter what it is. It is so little active conscious regard is going into what we are doing, whether it's talking with another human being, whether it's, oh, I want to eat this thing, whether it's, you know, uh, um, recognizing the people who are around you so you can accommodate for the people, you know, it's, we have grown up now in this, in this, this whole realm of mindlessness, and we're in trances, everybody is in a trance, they're small micro trances within bigger trances, and so when you're in a trance, you're not living, you're, you're unconscious, is driving that vehicle and when your unconscious is driving you only see threats and opportunities you don't see human beings you don't see food you don't see things and you're, you're, you can't actively know what you're doing you're just you're just running with that unconscious uh, trance and so don't, you have to stop don't drive don't smoke and drive <laughs> yeah <laughs> safety first we see a lot of moose driving around uh, check out my uh, Instagram we did the uh the Kiki challenge with a moose. No, don't check that out. There's uh, a <laughs> full, 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 uh, full moose we've seen twice in the same spot down here. Huge. Um, what else have you seen? A lot of dead sharks. Dead sharks. Um, we saw beavers, seal. Yep. Bear. Bear's good. Pulled in some fish. She pulled in a halibut. Congratulations. Thank you. So what's uh, thus oh, far? I also got seasick. Oh, That's man. Funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell that story. It's not fun, is it? No. No. She had, she had like, to basically puke and get all, get all nasty on the boat. Poor thing. I saw it a good experience. Yeah, she still made the best, most of it. We, uh, we caught some mussels. The mussels were strong in Homer. Um, the wildlife was healthy. Um we limited out pretty fast on halibut. The squid was particularly helpful. That's what I used. Um, caught. We had the um, the herring as well, but the squid. If you go like squid, herring, squid, and you like sandwich it, the, the squid holds the herring on. It. Uh, and then, that, that sounds like the the Mitch the Mick gangbang of baiting. Huh? Yeah. It's a double it's cheeseburger with the chicken yeah, patty in the middle. Gotta, yeah, like, you got to like, sandwich it. They're like. What is this? <laughs> you have to, they have to eat it. Um, didn't get any monsters. All like small, small, um, but legal. You know that kind of thing. I was gonna say flounder. Got a big flounder though. Mm-hmm. Big, big, like as big as all the halibut. Huge flounder. Wow, you don't see that very often. Um, I've been fortunate to get, and then we also caught a little baby halibut, man. And I caught one of these a few summers back, man. When they're they small, fluke. they're like translucent. You can see like right through them. They're mm-hmm. like a, um, like a clear fish almost. Hold them up, crazy little things. Yeah, the halibut do weird stuff sometimes, man. You'll see them like uh, sometimes they'll, uh, you know, with fishing for them, they'll just start even following other fish up to the boat, and they'll be real predatory, and they'll they'll do weird things, you know. We got some uh, swimming in my cousins. My cousins are like, uh, it's crazy what kids can do. They just swim in the river like crazy. <laughs> Yeah. We, we uh we jumped in there too, man. I haven't swam in the Kenai River in twenty years at least, and it was fucking cold. Which which leads to the next yeah. question, yeah. and then the next immediate topic, which is uh, your your time with Wim Hof. Uh, so um, was, yeah. Super effective. Yeah, we talked about this before. Um, you know, I witnessed it 
on a mass scale in Aubrey's backyard with a pretty large group of us and to see it in to see it in full effect um, I know it works and then I, I use this a lot after my classes so after after the class like crush 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 and then on your backs Wim Hof control your heart rate visualize um, set intention that kind of thing um, I think it's super powerful and again he was the real deal um, you know he 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 had a magnetism about him he had an aura about him he definitely had he definitely knows how to c c command attention and control a room um, he projects really well and he taught everyone his or put everyone he taught us all but also put his put his put us through his technique over the course of um, a couple hours and we all had um, giant ice bath in Aubrey's pool basically Aubrey had a couple of trucks of ice load and just filled his pool with ice. Um, and I think people had varying levels of uh, success with it. And again, with anything we talked about this, it's like based on, you know, your level of input. So if you've never done it and it's your first time, you're going to have some success from that. You're going to like, um, gonna definitely have a feeling, but the more and more you do it, I think the more powerful it becomes. And in case of Wim Hof, I mean, he's taken it to the highest level. He's a fucking black belt supreme coral belt and breathing you know which makes you how you evidently have the ability to control you know uh your systems in your body you know and, and that's not that's not saying like not just moving an arm but controlling your lymphatic systems and I don't, I don't i'm not sure i can't speak on his behalf but i know he can cure himself is what he says yeah, they've done they've done the controlled studies. I think it's um, I think it's in Switzerland where they where they where they did it where he was able to remove toxins. Um, it's the first time ever documented where he's a, where a human being's been able to basically control an involuntary uh, system. Yeah, and it's uh, that's where you know I, I've been following this forever and, and even before him about cold therapy and cold therapy is there's only a couple things i think that are really really worth it intermittent fasting um and not just intermittent fasting like three to five day fasting is a huge huge deal because it entices ma uh, macro uh, autophagy which is huge cellular cleanup in cold therapy and it, it's sort of like cold therapy to me it, it goes right to like the heart of what some of what i've been saying about people wanting to run away and the beautiful thing about cold therapy is you have to have these things that force you um and the cold is what you want to do is you want to run away when you get into that bath and when you get into that you want to run away and your whole idea it's also like whether you're you're working out really hard and you're you're, you're trying to squeeze out that last rep and a half your body wants to run away wants to stop run away run away and the people that don't run away are the people that actually push through and the cold therapy is the same thing is you have to push through you can't run away you know that your mind's going to want to run away it's going to run away and to me like Building up that will of not wanting wanting to run away is even more important than the anti-inflammatory, all the other positive, super positive effects. I think just using it as a training tool to stop running away and focus on your center point and your breathing. There's no, I think it's. I mean, I don't think there's anything better, and that's why he's been able to break through is because he's been able to just do that over and over. And like you said, he's the real deal because so, of that. So stop being a bitch. Cold therapy. Yeah. Take a cold it shower. Yeah. Start that way. It is. It's, it's not being a little bitch. Done. Have the hard conversations. Say the things that uh, you, you know. You I tell you what, say. man. Like, there's a period in my life when I was uh, doing uh, MMA, and I went to a 
you know, a spa with the team. And cold therapy at this time in my life hurt so much, man. Oh, yeah. It hurt a ton. And in that time of my life, I was drinking pretty consistently, partying pretty consistently. And then as I've gotten um, off, things that inflame me. Exactly. Like exactly. cold therapy is much more tolerable. Um, it's amazing you know, though the influence like when you when you like, do both when you do either well, or what I'm saying is I think it, because I'm now less inflamed I can handle the pain of cold therapy a little bit more um, and but I agree with you it, it definitely challenges your, you mentally um, as does anything in life cold therapy is a good analogy for things that scare the fuck out of you things that kind of they have you know they kind of hurt at first but they have great benefits in the, in the after effects so. that's why fighting too like yeah. pu- pu- getting punched in the face martial arts getting trying in that ring punched, trying to get punched in the face though which try, try not to get yeah. well, people <laughs> one of the benefits of, of 10th plane don't jiu-jitsu. just crimp your ears to have cauliflower ears put years in yeah. to earn those ears dude that's yeah. the only thing that's always freaking me out about all that get, stuff dude if you're worried <laughs> about cauliflower ears you should definitely not want to get punched in the face <laughs> because I'd much rather have uh, lumpy ears than a lumpy frontal lobe yeah so yeah. All right. Um, if if you're uh, if you're speaking to parents who are uh, interested Dude, in putting jiu-jitsu, their kids man, into ten points, jujitsu or jujitsu, it it you know we have a lot of homeschool students. Basically, they, they get dropped off with us, and they get you know a couple hours with other kids, and it gives them that interaction that kids need. It gives them group um, interaction what they need, but it also gives them one on one problem solving, and they have to go through a series of instructions to have a desired outcome and they also learn that if they drill and practice something they get better at it they see it we have kids that there's one kid in particular Sergio set the standard for the kids he would go out there train real hard win compete and then other kids go okay if I train really hard I compete I could win you know what I'm saying and then I can keep doing that and I can become a better kid and we've had a series of kids brother Tristan Van Marcus, and the list just keeps going. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, their sister Bianca and um, all the kids. There's, you know, so many kids from other schools that have, have come to us. Uh, Moses, um, dude, I could go on forever. But kids are awesome. So is this kids, comforting kids, to hear as, uh, just as keep, a just keep future like, father of uh, of your children? Like it's gotta feel much like he knows what he's doing. I dove in. We, here, we so. get a lot of practice. We have a, a lot of, like, 60 kids. <laughs> like, running around that gym. And then with San Antonio, it's going to grow. So we definitely... Well, okay. Yeah, there's going to be a, a new expansion. Um, San Antonio is about to open. Um, just some technical difficulties with some fire codes and things like that. Um, 10 Planet Austin. But we've overcome those. 10 Planet Austin... Um, uh, moving into a new location, um, a bigger spot um, in the same complex. Onan Academy is destined to take over the whole facilities there, um, the whole the whole business complex there. But we're moving into a um, new space. We'll have mats dedicated because currently we have, you know, one of the largest schools in Austin for sure. Um, but we don't have mats dedicated just to jiu-jitsu. We share mats with Muay Thai. So at cer- certain periods, it's just not possible. You know he has, so we what we do is we have you know it's two hours for Muay Thai and two hours for Jiu Jitsu. You know what I'm saying, and then we squeeze in like, like kids before class or you know early in the day that kind of thing. 
the new tenth planet Austin is going to be like just all day classes. Like you show up, there's something you can do, you know, something you can train, someone you can work with right then. You Have you thought about doing anything up here? Um, yeah, tomorrow I'm doing something up here. I don't. If you're listening to this, you probably won't be here. It won't be tomorrow. The way it passes. Maybe they will. They get this far. I think hopefully we can yeah. get it up tonight. Uh, but maybe possibly. tomorrow I'll be on the radio too. Could, yeah, if you'd like to come on, uh, that'd be the best yeah. way. Let's um, do that. But tomorrow I'm at um, AK49 Martial Arts. Um, kind of been developing a relationship up here with them. I got a guy up here that's doing really well. Um, shout out to Matt Parker. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I train Parker, at BMT. So, and yeah, yeah. so shout out to uh, to Matt Parker. Shout out to AK49. Yeah, man. Um, they're the. Um, them and you know I spend time with Redemption but they're definitely a, more of a key focus where I think um, AK-49 you know they really take it on the 10th planet um, you know flag and they're really looking at what we're doing as a system and what we're doing as a system is we're giving you all the tools and we're putting it in a way where you can have fun and learn it in a, in a, in a, in a way that um, even if you just don't even know what you're doing you're going to get better at jujitsu. if you just do these things you get better at jiu-jitsu kind of thing um but if you also decide to go hey give me some more polish on this thing i'm doing and then keep doing what you're doing you just you just get better and better and better at, at jiu-jitsu and it's easy as hell um priscilla is a huge example of that um she started out just with that plan jiu-jitsu and i can't tell you what what do you think it's a great system yes um, I grew up dancing, so learning routines and executing these um, moves with no one trying to kill me at the same time. So jujitsu adds that extra layer of like you trying to execute these moves while someone's trying to stop you. And the Tenth Planet warm-ups kind of puts it all into like a system that you can digest and kind of understand like how all the moves fit together. Um, given the circumstances. Well, you're also uh, a, a Black Swan Yoga instructor as well. Um, um, not at the moment. Previously. But yes. So I, I, I frequently refer to Jiu-Jitsu as uh, Yoga for Murderers. Is that like an appropriate title? Uh, no. Well, Murderers, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess we do like to kill. Well, I mean, so. as far as as far as stretching out and, and your, the, some of the submissions you're, lear- you're learning, you're, you're practicing a... There's yeah. a lot of similarities between yeah as far yoga as the, the functionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like routines that we can do solo, like without a partner, that you can add a partner in and just change up a little bit, and then you're doing jujitsu all of a sudden. So okay. there's a lot of ways that it mixes together. Now my little girl does dance right now. Awesome. Uh, so. How much did the dance that was being involved in dancing uh, helping you out, like uh, having like a formal dance education? I think just the learning of the patterns and um, every dance season we learn a new routine, we perfect it. Um, and with jujitsu um, and the Tenth Planet warm ups, I get to see these routines over and over again and practice them and perfect them. And I, when it translates into the roles, I see like me getting better at these particular moves that I've been like drilling so um yeah it translates fast it translates fast yeah that's the thing you, you learn more quicker with 10th planet trust me now, how did you get involved with uh 10th planet um again just walked in just, just walked in just and walked just walked in started training 
at Legends MMA. Um, did both for, you know, Muay Thai there for a while. Um, even went to Thailand after starting Ten Plan, continuing Muay Thai for a while. Because um, I was going to pursue more and more MMA, but I just kept falling more in love with Jiu Jitsu. And um, eventually, Jiu Jitsu became my main focus, really because of the longevity of it and the career path. And not only that, like the, um, the, the, the fact that there was like more of a system and a clear cut sport where you could like kind of win win and have a game where you didn't have to knock somebody out you know what I'm saying like I always felt like sparring was like kind of holding back because if you're really trying to win win in sparring you're like you're gonna knock somebody out you know what I'm saying you gotta like really you know what I mean so it was like a slow knockout you just wanna like jab them to death or, or hook shot them to death but never really never really knock them out Whereas jiu-jitsu, like, it's pretty clear. I tapped you. You tap. You know what I mean? Like, you, there's a game that you can actually win, win, win. Um, but you don't have to play that game. You don't. You can just do jiu-jitsu and practice these flows, which, honestly, right now, like, my like my knees are kind of tender. So the only jiu-jitsu I really get to do is 10 planet warm-ups. And I kind of have that, like, at least I get to do, um, I don't know, it kind of gets... You can make the the flows kind of rough, so it kind of gives me a taste of jujitsu, even though I don't, I'm not actually like com- competing in it. Mm-hmm. Well, I've done some of the drills with Matt and with Jason Chavaria, and and I can tell you, like from experience, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not getting hurt, and it's for the practicing, the drilling, it's the repetition, and it's the moving around, it's physically moving my hips and and doing movements that I'm not used to doing but trying then to become fluid and that's a thing that also appeals to me oh, yeah. about BMT is you're kind of like it now becomes connecting Legos but mm-hmm. yeah so I, I appreciate that putting it that way so Tuesday or tomorrow 12 noon speaking Wednesday. of that we probably should get is it Wednesday? should get moving yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday I gotta go back to dad shit as well yeah yeah, yeah. um Great talking to you. Yeah, guys. Yeah, good meeting you. All right, so uh, thank you, Curtis Hemberoff uh, and uh, Priscilla. Thank you for coming up here. Uh, Mark Tyler, thank you for the space. Thank you for the dabs. Uh, and uh, yeah, buy weed from buy buy recreational cannabis from Red Run Cannabis Company, and stop by the booth at High Times yep. at the Cannabis yeah, Cup. All right, August eleventh. August 11th. 10 yeah. on Instagram. Yes, 10 PATX uh, on Instagram. And uh, anything else you want to plug? Uh, no Gee Press. No Gee Press. Curtis Hembrough.